Hi, this is Karen Kelly, and you're listening to An Appetite for Life. There's a great mix on this show with various topics, amazing guests, and the occasional celebrity guest. I'm delighted to welcome Kevin Paul Mary from Next Level University today. So welcome, Kevin. It's great to have you on the show. Karen, thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity and I'm looking forward to seeing where we go today. So that's not a local accent. Where are you based? Tell us where you are. Tell our listeners where you're based. <laughs> I live in New Hampshire in the United States. So I am on the East Coast of the US. That's where I live. Very nice. And what's the weather doing there today? Uh, I think today it's supposed to be cold, but... Ooh. I mean, cold like right now is like 40-ish, but you know, in the winter it's very, very cold. So today's actually a nice little, a nice little change. But the rest of the week it's gonna be in the 60s. So we'll be living the dream over here. So you always work in Fahrenheit where we're 18 degrees Celsius today, but I can't work it out. I think you double it and add half, but it's too late in the day to start <laughs> doing maths. <laughs> so tell us all about next level university podcast. What what is it? What is it you do? So our main focus, Karen, in 10 word description, it is heart driven, but no BS holistic self-improvement for entrepreneurs. That is the lane that we stay in. I think that growing up, my business partner and I were both financially successful, but we weren't happy in life and our relationships had suffered and, and at points in our life, our health had suffered. So our goal is to help people holistically find and achieve success. I don't want to be wealthy and single and lonely. I want to have my dream career and my dream partner, which I'm very grateful that I do. I don't want to have a bunch of money and take my health for granted because I know a lot of people do that. So our goal is a holistic, well-rounded approach to being the best, most next level version of yourself. And I think that entrepreneurs get a lot of different advice but a lot of it is just very siloed. Work 15 hours and don't sleep. That's not sustainable, no. right? Don't see your family and only prioritize, prioritize your business. That's not sustainable. So we want to just take a better, more well-rounded approach. And that's our, that's our main focus at NLU. You know, it's quite interesting, isn't it? I don't want to keep bringing up the pandemic and the coronavirus, but it really has made people stop and pause yeah. and think of what's more important in life. And there's, I've lost count how many entrepreneurs or how many business-driven people have repurposed their world as such. And they're either working from home more or they've changed direction or they've pivoted, should we say. And just to gain more time at home with the family and, you know, more time to themselves and they're more interested in their well-being, taking care of themselves and taking the huge drop in salary as well. But of course, like you've said, that's not the most important thing. No, I think that some... I think what the pandemic did from a, a human evolution understanding is it gave people, a lot of people, the necessity that they needed to take a risk because they said everything's like the crap's already hitting the fan. I don't know what's going to happen in the next year. I might as well just take a risk. And I think that it there was so much uncertainty that people said, look, it's now or never for me to take this chance. And I think a lot of people will have success and maybe a lot of people will realize it's not for them. And that's okay. At yeah. least you tried. Totally, totally. So you concentrate on the podcasting side to so the Next Level University podcast. So 
I know from research, over two million, there's over 2 million podcasts, I think, that are in existence at the moment, about 50 million episodes, even more now. Mm. And apparently 75% quit and 99% don't become profitable. Mm. How can you help podcasters? And what would you call a successful podcast? I think it depends on the person, but that's a, that's a wonderful question. This is what I would say. And I always say this to my clients, at the end of the day, you have to treat your podcast like a business. A lot of people, I mean, and maybe, you know, I don't know, Karen, for off the top of my head, I can't think of anybody I know who started a business as a hobby. They didn't just say, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to start doing construction. And if I ever make money with it, I'll make money with it. It's like, well, no, you can't, that's not a sustainable business. You can't do that. I think of a podcast as the same thing. It's a business. And for most people, the podcast is the free marketing. And I don't think a lot of people look at it that way. They think of it as the podcast as being the only thing. We have a 24-layer business model. The podcast is one of the top things. But we have a lot of different ways to monetize at the bottom of our business model. So this is what I would say to anybody out there. Number one, and really think about this and really listen to this, you can make money with a podcast. That understanding alone I realize unlocks a lot of possibility and potential in people because they're told you can't make any money. That's the first part. I would say the second part is if you are a podcast like Karen or like Next Level University where you're solving a problem for your listener, go to one-on-one coaching, go to group coaching, go to online courses. I believe the best way to make money is to serve your audience one-on-one or one to a group. We don't do any ads. We don't do any sponsorships. All of our money comes from directly impacting our listeners and doing that in a way that isn't really scalable. I'll, if you follow me today, when we get off this interview, I'll send you a video. It's not scalable. I'm not going to be able to do that forever, but it helps build a real relationship with a real human. So you're not monetizing via sponsorships. Is it more like a subscription then? How are you? Can you expand it, a bit more how you're- Yeah, of course. Yeah. So we have- we have group coaching where we coach 10 people at one time right. bi-weekly. So that's one. We have one-on-one coaching. Alan has, I think, 32 clients or something like that. I have 20 clients at Next Level Podcast Solutions. We have that. We do online, cor- uh, online courses. We do in-person events where we host live events. We just did one last month which is another way that you can make money. And then we get paid to speak as well. So there's a bunch of different ways, but this is what I've seen is it's more valuable in the long run for us to promote our coaching than it is to maybe make 20, 50, $100 an episode from plugging somebody else's ad. Because if you come work with us, you're going to get more value and then you're going to come deeper and deeper and deeper. But when you're helping other people maybe set up a podcast... And, um, you know, and, and to market it, you then encourage them, would you, to um, obviously get sponsors for their show? I usually go one-on-one coaching. That's, that's usually my advice to my clients is d- don't do the sponsorships, do one-on-one coaching. Right, okay, okay. Sponsor yourself is, is always my frame is this is what I want you to do. In the middle of the episode, I want you to record, pay, it's blank, just in case you really feel like there's something more and you could get more from one-on-one coaching, I offer this, click the link in the show notes. And then when you get a client, eventually you use that as your testimonial. 
and you run that as the mid-tro. You can do ads. There's nothing wrong with ads. Yeah. I've just seen that if you get one client that's $150 an hour, the $150 an hour times four is $600 a month versus whatever the ad is. And it depends on the ad. So that's always my advice because the deeper part of it too, Karen, when I help you one-on-one, you're going to tell people like this, this Kevin guy, he's really good. He knows stuff. And then you're going to get people that come from that relationship. So it just goes deeper and you're, you're able to impact more people at a deeper level. That's always my frame with it. So how would you describe a successful podcast? Do you work on downloads or how, how do you work it? What would you say was successful in your eyes? Yeah, I treat it. I kind of think of it like, I think of it as downloads, income, and engagement really is kind of the way I think of it. Because the, the issue is downloads are always cyclical. So like right now we're on a down month. Our month, this month is way lower than it was last month. Yeah, but, I noticed that. Right, and I think a lot of people are. But then, okay, think about that. We, ha- we just built an app. So that means we're trending up. We just filled our six round of group coaching. So something's going right. So I don't want to just look at the numbers and say, okay, everything is going astray. So I look at the numbers and I try to correlate, you know, the titles, how are they helping download numbers and all that stuff. Where is the trend line going? I want to know about engagement overall. Are people reaching out? Are people sharing your stuff? Are you having consistent conversations with listeners and the family that's allowing you to podcast? Okay. Cool. I think that's important. And then are you making any money? Are you making any money right now? If not, it's not the end of the world because it really is like a pyramid. The listens are one part, engagement is one part, and then the money is one part. And if one is weak, how do you build up that one? Because they're all connected at the end of the day. But I think success is based upon the ultimate goal. And what I always try to say, Karen, is I want everybody to understand that. Alan, my business partner and I, we're optimizing to have the most successful personal development brand ever. So, you know, I don't recommend people doing seven episodes a week like we do. That's just a lot of work. And a lot of work, especially for editing the set themselves like I do. Right, right. So it? it might not be worth it to you because your goal of success might be, well, I'd like the podcast to pay for itself. That's success if that's what it means to you. I'd like to impact hundred thousand people that's success. So I think if you're a podcaster and you're watching or listening, the first step is getting crystal clear on what success means to you. And then you can form the strategy of actually how to get there. Yeah. You see, I always find that obviously, uh, I use, um, my host probably very similar to yours. It would tell you the last seven days, the mm-hmm. last 90 days, last 28 days. And it, like you say, it, it does dip and, um, and grow and it can change it changes daily and if it is a day where i think okay this month or this day or this week or um, like I say this month is a bit lower i remember someone in business always saying to me do something every day to drive your business forward so i try and do something every day to push my podcast forward it might not bring in loads more downloads for me but at least i know i'm doing something to push that forward yeah so where do you think people go wrong then so when we've got here these might not be accurate, uh, but 75% quit. Why do you think that is? Do you think they've just kind of joined the podcasting industry and world because it was the trend at the time and I know it's still climbing now? 
and they probably don't know what they're doing or they're not making money at it. Why do you think they're quitting? I think your point, your first point is accurate. I think, I mean, really think about it this way, the lower the barrier to entry. So the easier it is to start something, the more people will start it. Because it's free, pretty much free to start. Exactly. Let's face it. Yeah. And I mean, realistically, if you want to get it started, log on to Zoom, hit record, and you have your first podcast episode. You don't even need a mic if you don't want to, you don't need a camera. There's a lot of ways that you can just start. So I think it's just one of those things of the rate of failure is usually in correlation with the barrier to entry. So that's, that's one part. And then I would say it's, it's misaligned expectations. I am in a lot of podcast Facebook groups because I'm trying to figure out what people are struggling with. And one of the things I constantly see is somebody will do a post and say, well, I'm just going to try 10 episodes and see what happens. I'm just going to try to get to 10,000 downloads and see what happens. It's not a, it's not sustainable. That's like saying, I'm going to get into this relationship and see if I can make it work. There's a big difference between trying and hoping and trying and intending. Are you intending on making this a success? And are you committed enough to do what it takes? And then I would say the third point is people don't, and believe it or not, this is what I've seen. People don't try to make money fast enough. No, you don't- and, and do you know what? I'm guilty of that because I've been, my podcast has been running for two years now. And that wasn't my sole purpose when I started. Yeah. I just, I just heard about podcasting. I was doing radio presenting and the station came to an end. So I moved into podcasting with them. I'd never heard of it. And mm. this is back in 2019. I'd never heard of podcasting yeah. and yeah. now I'm doing it and it's bringing money in for me. Yeah. And, um, but that wasn't my sole purpose when I first started. I just wanted to get started, get to know the system, uh, get some guests on. And it kind of went from there. And then I got the bug. Um, and then I started thinking when you're working and you're prob- probably why this 75% quip, you're putting all this work in for no return. Yeah. But then when you do get return in, you can start investing a bit more in it, can't you? Yeah. And I think it's just, I mean, it's the life cycle. Yeah. You know, I, we didn't make any money for like a hundred and, I don't know, 150 episodes or something. Yeah, yeah. And how many people get to 150? That's that's their percentage is like, a lot of people say like, oh my God, you guys are crushing it. You're so successful. We have 950 episodes. I mean, we've figured out things because we've had to. So with every episode is an opportunity to learn. And I think people, they don't understand how much is possible for them in a year or two years or five years. They only see what's happening now and the roadblocks. They don't see that, well, if I keep doing this and I get a little bit better every day, in two years, I'll be good enough to step on stage. I'll be good enough to coach. I just think a lot of people think that the podcast is going to be the short, like the shortcut to success. And just like anything else, it's not. It's, it's not going to be a shortcut to success. It'll be a shortcut to maybe you getting a new level of self-esteem because you're like, wow, I really crushed that episode. I feel like I did a really good job. But then it's like, okay, now what? I think that's it. I think it's the expectation that I'm going to start this. It's going to take off and I'm going to be Joe Rogan and everything's yeah. going to be fine. <laughs> and I, be- I thought that I thought that at the beginning for sure. Well, listen, when I first started, I'd not heard of Joe Rogan. I wasn't mm. even listening to podcasts. I just kind of followed the followed everybody else. And yeah. then when you're in it, you start comparing and well, not necessarily comparing, but looking at others and looking who's in the top 10 and things like that. Yeah. Kevin, we're just going to take a short break. We will be back in a few minutes time. Let me introduce our sponsor, Everything Genetic Limited 
specialists in preventative healthcare testing, helping people to identify to see if they are at risk of developing common hereditary cancers and heart conditions. Based in Nantwich, Cheshire, they partner with some of the UK's market-leading laboratories, supplying revolutionary genetic tests to healthcare providers and patients for the detection, diagnosis and treatment planning of cancer, heart disease and other illnesses. One of their main aims is to democratise genetic testing, meaning everyone can take control of their own well-being and healthcare to detect any problems at an early stage when they are most treatable. They also offer a COVID testing service which is on the government list, initially launched to support clinical partners who were unable to get patients in during the pandemic. This service enables patients to come back into clinics to resume all important cancer testing and is available through over 200 partner companies. They offer a comprehensive range of coronavirus COVID-19 test kits and services for individuals, healthcare providers and employers. For more information, visit their website, everythinggeneticlimited.co.uk. So welcome back. We're talking to Kevin Paul Mary from Next Level University. So welcome back, Kevin. So we're talking all about podcasting. So just before the break, I know I mentioned 99% don't become profitable. So what? only 1% of people are making money in podcasting. That seems really I- low, doesn't it? Yeah, I would say enough money to actually cover expenses. Yeah, because it's one of those things where, and you kind of said this in the beginning, most people don't get into podcasting to build a business. It's like they start a podcast because they want to impact. And I love that. That's why I started too. And I ended up broke and I was like, I need to find a way to make money. Mm -hmm. But it's like you're starting it for a reason that isn't necessarily your strength. The podcasts that make money are either the ones that go to the masses and they advertise, or it's the people who understand business at a deep level and they use the podcast as a part of their business. And just a lot of people don't understand that. I mean, I would really, I mean, think about it. YouTube is the second biggest search engine in the world. I think there's 33 million YouTube channels or something. I would guess that one, I mean, one to 3% of them probably make money well, I, was, I was going to ask you about youtube because um well my question was is it necessary to have a youtube channel for your podcast that was my question to you because i know it's the second highest and but it's not easy because you've got to put mm. like i use zoom quite a lot like we are today and you get the video and you get the the audio but to edit the video down to get it onto the YouTube, it just seems a big task to me. And I've got yeah. hundreds of episodes and I know I'm missing out. So what advice can you give to people like me and to mm. other podcast podcasters out there who maybe want to get into YouTube with their podcast? Yeah, so it's not necessary. It's not right. quote unquote necessary, but this is my frame always. I'm always thinking of how many outputs can I get from one input of my time? Yeah, that's so, it. And I think of it this way. And I said this to a client recently. I said, look, I don't really care how many views you get on YouTube. I'm not really focused on that. But what we're doing is we're cutting up your episodes into micro content. We need the video. You might as well throw it up on YouTube. And here's why. Have you ever heard of Bronnie Ware? Bronnie Ware, I believe she's from Australia. And she wrote a book called The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. And it's a very, very high selling book about her time in hospice. She really saw some some patterns from people who are at the end of their life. Mm -hmm. 
And we interviewed her like two and a half years ago. And it's literally my, my co-host and I sitting in our dark studio that we weren't using zoom because I didn't even know it existed. And we were just talking to her on the phone basically. And we threw it up on you and that, that video gets 25 or 30 downloads a day. It's up to wow. 6,000 views because Bronnie Ware did not have a lot of YouTube content. So when you search Bronnie Ware, top five regrets of the dying, our channel came up. Wow. We captured on a bunch of people that we never would have had. And it didn't cost us anything extra other than time to put it up. So That's it. it's time, isn't it? It's yeah. You're going to do it. You're going to, you're going to do the video and this, okay. This, this is the tangible takeaway. Don't edit it. Well, I was going to say, because we, I edit, I mean, maybe I'm going to, I edit and edit and edit. <laughs> I want it to be right. I want it to be yeah. great. But the, so I edit the audio side of it and I'm sure podcasters listening to me today, they do the same. But if I don't edit the YouTube, it's going to be different than the audio, isn't it? And then those little mistakes are still going to be in there or things okay. they want to say maybe. No, that's okay. I mean, it's, think of it. I'd rather, I'd rather you get views than it be perfect. Yeah, true. But can you, can you put more than 30 minutes on on YouTube? Yeah, you, yeah. you can put as much as you want. Maybe I'll do that then. Maybe I'll just shove them all on because I'm without I editing them. I would. I think it's worth it because, because at the end of the day, and honestly, this is, this is a good lesson for anybody out there. It's worth trying to learn how to do. So I think of it this way. Nowadays, anybody can do audio. Just yeah. It's so easy to do audio now. It's the easiest it's ever been. Now people do the audiograms for their social media promotion, where it's like the wave that moves when you're talking. Yeah. That's easier than it's ever been because your podcast profile host can probably do it for you. It automatically does it. Awesome. The rarer something is, the more valuable that thing is. So if you can learn how to do a little bit of video, just a little bit in whatever program it is, I think it's just valuable enough to be worth the time investment. It took me 16 hours to do the first one minute teaser clip. Oh it was brutal. Goodness. Yeah. But yeah. I got to the point where I could do, I can do some fairly high level editing now because I taught myself how to do it. Now that was my main job and I didn't have any other responsibilities. So I understand not everybody is that, but that is a barrier for most people is doing audio and video is like level one doing audio and video with a better microphone and a better camera is like level two doing audio and video and then having teaser clips with timestamp show notes, you know, and a blog post and a website that's level three. And then it just keeps going. And the higher level you get, the more results you're ultimately going to bring back. That's brilliant. So you heard it here, folks, for all those podcasters, if you want to go onto YouTube, just put them on there. Because what's really funny is I do have a YouTube channel. Mm. There's nothing on there. <laughs> and last week I had one subscriber and I thought, what are you subscribing <laughs> There's nothing on there. And it they knew. Say, it made they knew, Karen. They knew you were going to put it on there. They subscribed <laughs> early. They wanted to be the first early adopters. They did. They did. So let's have a look then. What else did I want to ask you today? Okay. So for existing podcasters, give us some quick tips on how they can grow their podcast, maybe get great material for their podcast. What would you recommend? Uh, growing your podcast is something that I think a lot of people, this tactic is something a lot of people don't think about. I want you to go through your social media stories and everybody who consistently watches your content, I want you to send them an audio message and just say, hey, Karen, uh, I see you popping around here a lot. I hope all is well. If there's ever anything I can do to help, just let me know. Boom. And then just do that a bunch of times. 
building one-on-one relationships is the name of the game for podcasts. And a lot of people, again, I think that's a misbelief is set up your podcast, post it and talk about it. And a bunch of people are going to come the noise, the, the noise in the world is so noisy. There's so many things going on. Sometimes you just got to pop in and say, Hey, I'm still here. Hey, I'm still here, still doing it. So that's one thing. I think the second thing, try to get on more shows. Most podcasters shows. Yeah. Most people don't leverage that more of. Yeah. 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 It's, I mean, and there's a lot of different ways to do it, but like figure out what your niche is, figure out what you can add value on and do as many shows as possible. Not just because of the listens, but the mastery, you'll get better at storytelling. You'll get better at understanding what lands and what doesn't. That's a big one. And then every time somebody, oh, this is, this is a good one. Stop treating your social media platforms like podcast promotion. So one of the things I see a lot of people do is you'll go to Karen, at Karen Kelly on whatever platform, and it's just all podcast stuff. Yeah. And what I always say is your podcast is built on a personal brand. So I don't want it to be just podcast stuff because if somebody doesn't listen to your podcast, they're not going to follow you. I post pictures of my cats all the time. Yeah. If Karen looks and says, oh my goodness, those are two cute little kitties. (laughs) And then two months later, you see a post about the podcast. You might say, oh, I didn't know Kevin was a podcaster. Let me check it out. Bringing people to your social media should be more about your personal brand. And then if they like the podcast, they'll listen. Yeah, because it's normally 90% personal, 10% business or 80, 20, something like that. It It is very high, your personal stuff. Yeah. I can be guilty of that. I think it's not because not by choice. Maybe I just don't put enough personal stuff on there. I have a dog and a cat and I do post things when I'm running and stuff, but I'm very aware of that. But that's a really good tip for podcasters because we can fall into that really. Yeah. Especially if they're like me who schedules posts out. Yeah. Because, you know, time again, you schedule them. And if you're not, you think, well, I've done that for the week now, but you might not be putting enough in between to break that down. So it's totally, totally understandable. And play the long game. That's the last one, Karen. Play the long game. This is not a short game. No, you know, exactly. we've made more money in the last year than we did in the first four. Yeah. But it's, if, if we quit three years in, we would have said, yeah, you can't make money with a podcast, but now I can, because we've hung long enough, just stay in the game long enough and just be creative, try new things. You don't need a website. You don't need a certification to make money. There's a lot of ways to do it. Just building one-on-one relationships and just adding real, real authentic value. That's the name of the game always. So let's just talk about monetizing again before we, what time are we on now? I think we're doing okay, aren't we? So of course, for me, and I'm sure many other podcasters I've met, well, I know you're talking about Mm -hmm. one-on-one coaching. Uh, There's masterclasses you can do, of course, adverts and sponsorships, marketing that way. What other ways would you advise podcasters to get involved in to make money? Those are the ones really, I mean- There is like podcast networks you can join. I don't really believe in them. I, I'm not. I'm not a big subscriber to that because no, I don't either. I don't pay to yeah, subscribe to any. There's a there's a deeper reason. It's like everybody says, yeah, I want to build a community for podcasters. It's like, but you got to pay five dollars a month, and it's it's a business at the end of the day. So if it's worth it to you, do it. I think it's what you said. It's one on one. It's advertisements. It's subscriptions. It's affiliate. It's master classes. If you're a podcast and you have like you say you live in a small town this is a good way to to start things go to a local shop 
go to a local store, go to something local and say, hey, Chris, my name is Kevin. I have a podcast who's getting X amount of downloads per month. And I'm looking for local sponsorships who believe in the message. And I'm looking for sponsors that I believe in as well. Are you interested in sponsoring this show? I'm looking for X amount of download, uh, X amount of dollars per month. You can start local and small and that's okay. I think in the beginning, you just, just try to cover your costs from the, in the beginning, because yeah, then it just it. becomes a, a time thing. Yeah. Right. And I think that's it, but I don't know. I cannot say it enough. You're probably way more likely to get one-on-one clients than you realize. I, that, yeah. That's what I'll say is I think a lot of it is the unlock of self-worth for most people. They're like, well, who am I to be coaching? Yeah. You're two steps ahead of your ideal listener. That's, that's why they listen to you. If they listen to you, you can most likely coach them. And if you believe in what you're talking about, you're doing them a disservice by not helping them get to the next deeper layer of themselves. So I always say that to people, you're probably more ready than you realize. And there's something usually holding people back when it comes to self-worth, self-esteem, um, their own level of value. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Kevin, it's so interesting talking to you today. I could talk to you, talk to you <laughs> some more. Um, so before we go, Let's talk a bit more about Next Level University. How can people get in contact with you? What else is on offer at the moment? Fire away all your social pages and website. I appreciate it. Uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find us. That's, that's our jam. Seven days a week, self-improvement in your pocket from anywhere in the world for free. So anywhere you listen to podcasts, you'll find us. Just search Next Level University. And then we're also on YouTube as well. And then we have a free course on our website. It's totally free. It's an hour and a half shot in 4K in our studio. It's, I wanted to charge for it. Alan was like, hey, we should give it away for free. So we're going to give it away for free. Um, that's on our website too. And we talk about the self-improvement fundamentals that have really helped us. And I guarantee if you download that free course, it'll, it'll change your life in many ways. And I am at neverquitkid on Instagram. So if you want to reach out to me, Instagram is the, uh, the best place to do it. At neverquitkid. That is me. Okay, fabulous. <laughs> oh, well, enjoy the rest of your day in 40 degrees, um, New, <laughs> New, Hampshire, New Hampshire. And um, yeah, I look forward to chatting to you again soon, Kevin. It's been great. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you, Karen. I appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you. Take care. You've been listening to my podcast, Appetite for Life, also supported by sponsor, Dane Bank House Dental Practice, where happiness starts with a smile. Would you like to be a guest on this show? Or maybe you're interested in a sponsorship package. For any further information, you can find me across various social media platforms as Karen Kelly Podcasts or send me an email, karenindakelly at btinternet.com.